All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to the Daily Faceoff Show. Your everyday source for the latest news with top-notch insight and analysis. Here's your host, Frank Saravalli. What's up, everybody? It's a Tuesday edition of the Daily Faceoff Show. Today is Tuesday, November 30th, streaming live on dailyfaceoff.com, Twitter, and, of course, YouTube. Mike, it's the last day of November. How happy is your wife that it's the last day of November with that mustache? Yeah, she's pumped, man. I just figured, hey, we're in the last throws. It's time to celebrate November. I just I feel very regal today. My hair's in place. My mustache is well-groomed, but it is going to go away soon. So enjoy it while you can, everybody. I'm sorry to say that uh, this is a passing phase, Frank. It's just the way it's got to be. You're perfectly quaffed and your duster is looking good. So way to go. Good on you. Let's uh, let's Soup throw two minutes baby. and 30 seconds on the clock. We've got a lot to get to in this show. And let's drop the puck with some of the biggest news from Monday in that the Boston Bruins have confirmed that forward Jake DeBrusque has asked for a trade. This is a really intriguing player that a number of teams have been interested in over the years, a 27-goal scorer at a really young age in the, in the NHL, but just has had a crisis of confidence in Boston and seems to be butting heads at times with Bruce Cassidy, who was added to the COVID list on Tuesday. Mike, what would the Bruins be giving up and what could they get in return for a guy like Jake DeBrusque? Well, Jake DeBrusque is a player that should be a 20-goal scorer in the NHL. I know the high watermark was 27 a few years ago, but you're looking for offensive drive from him, and it's been missing the past two seasons. Okay, He only scored five goals last year. He's got three so far this season. He's been a healthy scratch. The fire hasn't been there. 
when DeBrusque first came into the league, it was all systems go to the front of the net, on and off the stick, driving hard. And that's just been missing. And there has been a butting of heads between him and coach Bruce Cassidy last season. You know, it, the narrative was, hey, okay, we're going to work through this. It's fine. It's just confidence. And then this year it's come to a head and he's out of the lineup. Now he's coming back in, but essentially Jake DeBrusque is looking at this situation and thinking, how am I going to get past Brad Marchand and Taylor Hall, who are both ahead of me on the left side? The Bruins have tried to play DeBrusque on the right side, and it just hasn't worked for him. So uh, going forward here, I think the Bruins can still get a good return on DeBrusque, but it's definitely at a lower value than it was last season. Yeah, and that's really the one key concern for me with the Boston Bruins is if you would have pulled the trigger 18 months ago on a Jake DeBrusque trade, the value would have been sky high, you know, coming mm-hmm. off of that recent 27 goal season. And everyone would have seen him as a player that could really move the needle for your team. Now it seems like much more of a gamble. You've seen the words and buzzwords that Bruce Cassidy has thrown out there. Effort, defensive zone mm-hmm. coverage, all those different question marks, I think, have, you know, led to a lot of teams. There's been no shortage of interest, I think, in Jake DeBrusque, but what they're willing to pay, I think, is a lot different and And that really puts the Bruins in a tough spot to make a deal. And by the way, he has to play. I mean, it's a little bit of an awkward situation in that they need to put him back in the lineup with the COVID situation that they're dealing with. And so that doesn't put him or the team in a a solid spot. Yeah, and I think that right now he's not going to be able to help himself a whole lot more because, you know, you've got another month or two, but you're still going to be looking at that as an other team trying to pick him up thinking, do we really trust this player right now? That remains to be seen. Yeah, let's move on to the Montreal Canadiens. Still in the news in search of their French-speaking general manager, Jeff Molson, making it clear that that is a significant and important piece of the puzzle that gets put together here. I don't think there should be any confusion, Mike, that this is Jeff Gorton's team. He's the man at the controls as the executive vice president of Hockey Ops. He's an American. He's an Anglophone. And this is a creative workaround, adding a French-speaking GM to really work in collaboration with Jeff Gordon um, to really have that fre- that voice to the, the fan base, uh, to the province, uh, having someone that's French speaking. So when we look at the list of candidates here, you've got Matthew Darsh uh, with the Tampa Bay Lightning, former uh, Montreal Canadiens player. Danny Briere has gained front office experience with the Philadelphia Flyers, also played for the Habs. Martin Lapointe is a holdover from the Mark Bergevin era. Uh, He also played in Boston while Jeff Gorton was there. And Roberto Luongo, if you're looking for someone to speak to your fan base on a regular basis, I can think of no more affable personality to do so. Also a card-carrying member of the goaltending union, which I'm sure you support. But who stands out to you when you look at this list? Well, for me, it's really Matthew Darsh. You know, you can go down the list and look at the other candidates, and Martin Point would be a carryover, and Jeff Molson said that we strongly believe the organization needs a fresh start in management. So I don't think LaPointe's going to be the guy. Roberto Luongo, does he want to leave Florida? Does he want to do uh, be a general manager over everybody and not just do a goalie union? I'm not sure of that. Briere, limited in his experience in management. And Darsh is well-rounded. McGill University graduate. Commerce came out of playing hockey in 2013, went right into business and international supply chains, works as an analyst, gets to know the league even better for six years. And then he's hired by Julian Breezebois to come into Tampa Bay where they won two cups together. He was the director of uh, uh, director of players. I, I'm, I'm screwing up on his what exact title in Tampa Bay right now. 
bottom line, two Stanley Cups later, uh, and Matthew Darsh was on the board for the NHLPA when it came to labor negotiations, as well as the PHPA at the minor league level. So I think he's a very well-rounded, capable individual who's seen as being incredibly intelligent and incredibly uh, forward-thinking in the game. I think he'd be a good fit side-by-side -side with Jeff Gordon in Montreal. Hey, titles aren't important. It's the work that he's oh, put in, and I think he's been really well-liked in Tampa, uh, certainly with his interaction with the players. I would say don't sleep on Danny Briere. Such a big piece of putting this puzzle together will be whose personality can mesh best with Jeff Gordon since this is going to be a collaborative role. Danny Briere, all-class, easy person to get along with, and so uh, he's done a lot of work behind the scenes, maybe not in a front-facing role with the Flyers, but he was also the GM of the Maine Mariners in the ECHL, who, by the way, were the affiliate of the New York Rangers, so he would have had some interaction with Jeff Gordon going back a number of years, so certainly uh, an interesting candidate as well. We'll see where all that heads. And let's talk about a three-game suspension. We, we hit on the Bruins earlier with Jake DeBus DeBrusque, but what about Brad Marchand? Tim Peel mentioned it before the suspension came down about the disturbing trend of slewfoots. Marchand getting three games for slewfooting Oliver ekman Larson from the Vancouver Canucks. What do you see? Well, there is concern, especially with what Tim Peel talked about with Slewfoots. We're getting these calls, and the league is really cracking down on them. I was a little surprised it was three games, honestly, but I'm glad to see it because, you know, it wasn't necessarily Marshawn's foot that takes out Ekman Larson. It's his knee, and he uses it as leverage. Ekman Larson's in a bad spot. But I look at players like Brad Marshawn, and I think about here's a guy that's been suspended seven times in his career. You know, he's racked up almost – a hundred, I mean, almost a hundred thousand or a million dollars worth of fines or lost, not fines, sorry, lost pay. And for players like Marshawn that really toe the line, it's part of the cost of doing business. You know, you think of other players that have fit that role before. You've got Brian Marchman to the world, Rafi Torres, Tom Wilson, Matt Cook early in his career. They were willing to play up to the edge. And we're willing to accept this when it happens. Now, if Brad Marchand's smart with his money, I mean, he should be pulling down a million dollars a year in interest alone, uh, considering how much he's made. So I'm not sure he's totally concerned with it. Uh, it's a sizable chunk of money. The Bruins don't want to miss him for games. But, you know, I had a quick conversation with Tom Sestito last week, a guy that I hated playing against. And his words were, I only knew how to play one way. I didn't try to cross the line, but it was a line that moved. And I think that that's exactly where Brad Marchand plays. He lives in that space. And... These suspensions come with that territory. Yeah, it was interesting to see you mention in your mailbag that you hated playing against Tom Cecilia. So I would have loved to see what that conversation ended up being like. But when it comes to Marshan, I think when you look at how his games evolved, more so than the money, I think that's what the Bruins can't afford to miss. You know, they're, that's mm -hmm. kind of the one question mark about the Bruins. They've got their top line, and when they're going, their team is on a path to success. But when they're not scoring or Marshan isn't playing, well, then they've got a lot of question marks in terms of how they fill out the rest of the time and how productive they are. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's where DeBrusque would fit in. You needed a DeBrusque to go out and put goals up, you know, and that's been missing so far. And uh, Craig Smith's been out of the lineup. And there's just been moving parts in Boston. They haven't had that same type of depth scoring that they did previously. They're missing David Krejci an awful lot, I think, too, Frank. Yeah, no question about that. So we'll see if Krejci, you know, Tuka Rask getting back on the ice with the team. I wouldn't be that shocked if they took a run at getting Krejci back after that 
European season ends pretty early over there in the Czech. So something, two things, two guys to keep an eye on as the season evolves for the Boston Bruins. Let's talk about some heavy, fast and furious uh, three-on-three action, a flurry of activity. And when you look back at the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Calgary Flames last night, you know, uh, appointment television in terms of that overtime, do you want more of it? Yeah, give it to me, man. Like, that whole game was a blast to watch, especially from a goalie standpoint. I'm watching Tristan Jari stand on his head. I mean, the Flames tripled the Pittsburgh Penguins in terms of high-danger chances last night, 15-4. And I tell you what, it was up and down the ice. It was fast hockey. It was entertaining. And that was just regular, <laughs> the regular portion of the game in regulation. And then they got to three-on-three. I mean, if you're not entertained by that, something's wrong with you. Goudreau puts it off the crossbar. Jari stuffs them. They have to go to the shootout. High drama. I just don't like the shootout. Like, I understand having a winner. You Does have anyone to have like it? The fans want a winner. But why don't we just play 10 minutes of three-on-three? Three? Like, somebody's going to score in 10 minutes. If you can't score in 10 minutes, whatever. Go to the shootout. I could care less. But I, I, I'd like to see it. you play until you win. But... I understand That's there's extenuating circumstances that aren't going to let that happen. So make it 10 minutes, man. Give the fans what they want. Three on three. It's so entertaining. Yeah, I, I think statistics show that if you actually played 10 minutes of three on three, more than 90% of games would end in that 10-minute span. I mean, take a look at the numbers for this year so far in terms of games ending in overtime it's almost the highest rate it's ever been since three mm -hmm. on three was instituted back in 2015-16 percent of games that have gone to overtime this year have ended in overtime without the need for a shootout the nhl is pleased with that which is probably a reason why we won't see three on three extended they were only hoping for about 60 percent when this was instituted it's been well north of that as you can see here and so you know, to add another five minutes of play, I know it doesn't sound like a lot, but that's something that the NHL would need to bargain with the NHL PA. And the PA is probably sitting there saying, wait, you want us to play five extra minutes? Yeah. What do we get in return for that? So uh, that's always the interesting back and forth dynamic. I'd love to see it go to 10 minutes because with that expected goals for rate and the rate that they've been scoring at in five minutes, the average game, Mike, in overtime is ending in two minutes and 25 seconds this year. So I don't know, really interesting debate. I feel like we talk about it every year at a certain point. Give me more of that three on three, shoot it into my veins, but I don't know. Doesn't seem like it's going to happen. So let's get to another edition of Icebreakers with some news and nuggets from around the NHL. All right, Frank, I know you've been burning up the phone lines, getting ready for icebreakers. We talked about him earlier. Bruce Cassidy goes into COVID protocol. What's going on in Boston? Yeah, you know what? The entire NHL is bracing at this point. You look at what the Ottawa Senators have dealt with, what the New York Islanders have dealt with, their games postponed through tonight. And then you see these other COVID cases that are now popping up. Tony D'Angelo and Brett Pesci from the Carolina Hurricanes. You see the Edmonton Oilers today canceling practice for precautionary reasons. You see the St. Louis Blues uh, taking media off of the event level of their arena and canceling press conferences for the foreseeable future to go back to a Zoom environment. It seems like 
the concern level is now back to an all-time high. And when you look at what the Boston Bruins are dealing with with Bruce Cassidy now being added to the COVID list, he's likely not alone. More positive tests are likely to come. We know that now. And I think what this does is two things. It puts the Olympics uh, in further jeopardy. Uh, if Certainly if we see more, more games postponed, I know there's players that are uh, – voicing increased and growing concerns of their potential for a positive test while in Beijing, which would put you in isolation for three weeks. That's something to monitor. And as a whole with this new variant and all the concern about that, it's a lot of this has started or some of it has started with some outbreaks that have gone on in the AHL, multiple teams with multiple positive tests. You see the Providence Bruins, they can't send anyone up to the Boston Bruins because they're dealing with their own COVID issues. So there may be some restrictions coming there in terms of, uh, you know, what happens back and forth between NHL and AHL. A reason why the taxi squad worked so well last year is because you've had players that were with the group the whole time. You're not having to introduce very many new players to your team. So something to keep in, in mind. And also, Mike, some kind of sad news on that COVID front. The NHL sending a memo out to all 32 teams on Monday afternoon, effectively canceling all holiday parties. They're also at this point uh, requesting that teams restrain and refrain from autograph sessions open to the public, public speaking engagements and public charity events. So uh, that's the latest COVID directive from the NHL. And it's something that the NHL is certainly keeping close watch on. A lot to chew on there. Let's flip it to the GM searches going around the league. The Chicago Blackhawks have, in a nice way, been out of the news for a little while. It seems it's only been their play on the ice that we've been talking about. But they are one of three teams without a permanent GM right now. What's the latest there? Well, they're still going through their process. And it seems like whenever that uh, reaches its conclusion, you know, the returns and 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 feedback that the Blackhawks have received from Kyle Davidson and what he's done in his leadership role over the last month as interim GM have been very positive. You know, there's been no decision to this point yet, but all indications are that they really like the work and communication that's gone on between Kyle Davidson and also Blackhawks ownership. So that's been a positive development for them. And I think he's a strong candidate moving forward to be that next general manager of the Chicago Blackhawks. Do they bring in someone from a president of hockey operations standpoint to lend some experience to Davidson? We'll see. But one name that I wanted to point out and keep an eye on is Brian Campbell, the former Blackhawks defenseman who, of course, won a Stanley Cup in Chicago. It seems like he's taking on a little bit of an increased role, certainly an increased presence around the team. He's been on recent road trips, sitting in on meetings. No idea yet on what a formal title might be, what a formal role might look like, but he's certainly a candidate of interest to have a potential uh, long-term role in the Chicago Blackhawks front office. They like his perspective, they like his intelligence, and they certainly like the alternative former player approach that someone like Campbell would bring to the Chicago Blackhawks and their front office. So Brian Campbell is certainly an interesting guy to potentially be added to the mix to help in conjunction with Davidson if that's what their front office tandem looks like moving forward. How about the Vancouver Canucks? Are changes inevitable there? I mean, it wouldn't. we wouldn't have a show. We wouldn't be uh, doing our, our homework if we weren't talking or at least checking in on what's happening with the Vancouver Canucks. There's been lots of names mentioned in recent days. It's been difficult to decipher, um, you know, what's truth, what's fiction. Uh, when you look at some of the names that have been out there and talked about in the public sphere, 
Uh, Dale Talon's name has been connected to the Vancouver Canucks at a certain point. Is that real? Um, Jim Rutherford, is there potential interest there in, in the former Pittsburgh Penguins general manager? Uh, I think one internal candidate that's popped up, and he's, of course, uh, the GM in Abbotsford, but Ryan Johnson is an internal candidate that I think certainly has some interest to the Vancouver Canucks and their brass. Do they go down the president of hockey operations role as well? These are all things that the Aquilinis are sorting out at the moment. And as these names continue to leak out and come out, uh, as they continue their due diligence process, it certainly feels like change is inevitable. And I think it's created a little bit of an awkward environment for the Canucks players who are seeing and hearing all of these reports and wondering, hey, what's next? Is Coach Travis Green and his job safe? Um, you know, we'll see. There's lots of moving parts in Vancouver. Nothing new to report firmly at this point. Other than that, we see some action in Montreal. We see some inaction in Vancouver. I don't know that it will be all that long before we ultimately end up seeing something uh, take place in Vancouver. It feels like changes are inevitable there. Recently this week, Brian Rust of the Pittsburgh Penguins took warm-ups, wasn't able to play. He's been battling injuries. Is this a long-term concern in Pittsburgh for the Penguins? I think the Penguins are hoping not. I think at this point, it seems like Brian Rust does not need surgery. Uh, I think that was certainly a question mark or a concern, but he's going to try and battle and play through it. When he's been in the lineup this year, he's been a very productive player, nine points in 12 games. This is an important year for Brian Rust, a contract year, an important year for the Pittsburgh Penguins in general to make ground in that Metropolitan Division and give themselves a cracker every opportunity at a playoff spot. So at this point, Rust not needing surgery. It's been a little bit of an annoying and nagging injury, but certainly something to watch and keep an eye on as the Penguins are hoping he's not out too long with you know some potential reinforcements uh, along the way. Evgeny Malkin, you hear Brian Burke. Uh, yesterday in Calgary, he's been skating with the team, uh, practicing with the team. Yesterday, Malkin still a ways away, still looking like a January return for Malkin as he works his way back from an ACL injury. But uh, Brian Rust not needing surgery at this point, something to keep an eye on. Flyers GM Chuck Fletcher called a press conference for today. And his team's lost two straight. They're four points out of a wild card spot. They've retooled to try to get back into the playoffs this season. Is Elaine Vigneault on the hot seat? Well, he's not yet, but I think the temperature is certainly rising in Philadelphia. You look at where this team is at in the standings, the expectations from all the moves that they made. They've shown some real bright spots um, to this point, some impressive road wins against the Edmonton Oilers, against the Carolina Hurricanes, against some of the top teams in the league that they've beaten on the road. And you look at their skid that they've been on, 2-6-2 and two in their last 10. Uh, right at 500 hockey this year, this team was expecting a lot more, had gotten off to a better start. And I do think that there is some chatter or conversation uh, continuing to rise about Elaine Vigneault. But right now, at this point, not on the hot seat. Chuck Fletcher simply calling a press conference today in Philadelphia, which is going on as we speak, to give his thoughts and update a state of the team as they hit the quarter mark of their season. Frank, I'm sure you're pretty happy that we have unlimited cell phone plans these days. We don't have to pay by the minute any longer. So great work, as always. That'll do it for today's segment of Icebreakers. All right, time for our daily face-off inbox question of the day. Hit us up on Twitter, hashtag AskDFO. We've got multiple questions about 
Tyler Uremchuk wearing an Oilers romper at the Oilers Nation party over the weekend. Tyler certainly seemed to have fun with it. There's our boy Chalmers uh, from Oilers Nation as well. You know, you look at this romper. What are your thoughts, Mike? Give us your take. I just think, I mean, I, I, I don't know whether to be fearful of the romper. I don't know whether to think this is uh, fun and festive something to wear for a party i mean is this a regular occurrence for tyler that's what i'm really wondering here is is this just formal party wear for tyler like if it is, is man to sleep at night i right like do you go to bed or do, do you does tyler wake up for christmas wearing the oilers romper i have so many questions and, and i guess can't help but think that this is kind of like a robe this is like tyler walking in for an mma fight like he's ready to, to drop it and have you know the championship belt and ready to go i think there's an underlying sense of confidence that we haven't seen from Tyler when he wears this romper. Yeah, uh, you you would need to have a lot of confidence to wear something like that. The only thing I can think of, it's Edmonton. It's almost December. It's got to be cold. Got to bundle up. You can't go. I'm, I'm sad that they kind of didn't go with the the full length romper, like the the calf height. At least get him a little more warmth. So anyway, interesting take nonetheless. And I think to answer this question here. Um, who wins in a fight, Tyler Uremchuk in a romper. You should be scared of that thing. So that'll do it yeah. for our daily face-off inbox question of the day. And let's actually bring in Tyler to offer some of his own commentary on that romper for our daily face-off best bets of the day. Tyler, what's up? Yeah, first off, this got way more screen time than I wanted it to. Um, the deal was if the <laughs> listeners of one of our Oilers Nation podcasts could raise $1,000 for the Humane Society, I would wear whatever they wanted to our next party. So $1,000 to uh, some good cats and dogs at the Humane Society. And I was cold. Here's but what I would say I to that. The ch- you set the price too low at 1000 bucks. Like to get me in a romper, first off, you'd need a lot more material <laughs> than that. Second, you would need a lot more money than that. Yeah, uh, I'm cheap. I would have a little too low. <laughs> But uh, hey, who knows? Let's uh, speaking of money, let's make a little bit of money with our uh, daily best bet segment, courtesy of Points Bet. A couple of plays here, and the first one that I'm a little bit nervous on, considering the Bruce Cassidy news, considering the Brad Marchand suspension. But I still like the Bruins to win this hockey game. I think they're a little bit underpriced. They've been a great home team, seven three and zero on home ice. The Red Wings are just three seven and one on the road. The Wings have just five wins in their last 10. They're not exactly playing great hockey right now, just kind of running along. And Linus Allmark is the expected starter for the Bruins. He's had a 935 or better save percentage in his last two appearances. I like the Bruins, even though they're shorthanded, even though they got some issues and the DeBrusque storyline is there. I think they can come through with a win in regulation at minus 140. So that's my first play. And my second one, I mean, I got burnt last night by the Arizona Coyotes. And this play is Not so much about the Coyotes as it is about the Wild. I just really like them in this spot on the puck line at minus 140. They've won three in a row. They beat Tampa Bay and Winnipeg, so two really good teams there. It's a rested team against a non-rested team. The Wild are one of the best five-on-five teams in the NHL. They're good on home ice. Plenty of reasons why I think they can win this game by at least two goals against the Arizona Coyotes. So, I mean, the Coyotes have been biting me in the behind as of late, but I like the chances of the wild winning this game. So I'm going Boston in regulation minus 140, Minnesota on the puck line at minus 140 as well tonight. 
you said it. Uh, it's you're you're our gambling guru for me. I think uh, you look at that Boston Detroit game. You see Olmark's been pretty good of late. You take Marshan out of the lineup. I'm kind of liking the under five and a half there. We'll see how it all shakes out tonight. Thank you for that, Tyler, and thanks for being a good sport and raising some important <laughs> money for charity with that romper. You would not catch me dead in that thing. And let's get to our garbage time segment of the day. We always like to cede the floor to someone to speak to something that they're passionate about. And when you see Matt Murray's comments today about being demoted to Belleville and a lack of communication from SENS management, how does that make you feel, Mike? Uh, it kind of burns me up inside because this is starting to be a trend. It's a pattern where a player gets moved, they get traded, they get sent down, and Pierre Dorian, the general manager of the Ottawa Senators, doesn't communicate, doesn't call, doesn't text. And in my eyes, this is not how you deal with your players. You owe them the respect of at least giving them a phone call, a text, anything, an explanation, especially for somebody like Matt Murray, who was signed to a four-year $6.25 million ticket. Like this is supposed to be your goaltender. You need to talk to him. You need to tell him, hey, this is our plan, okay? We're sending you to Belleville. We want you to do this, do that, come back, be stronger. You know, I mean, hopefully you'd say you still believe in them. Maybe not. I don't know. But you have to have those conversations as a general manager. You can't hide from your players, whether they're past, current, former. And that's frustrating because all you want is clarity. All you want is to be treated like a human being rather than an employee. And I think that this doesn't send a great message across the league. If you're going to look at the Ottawa Senators as a place that you want a player sign, you need to have the assurance that you're going to have converse, you're going to have conversations, you're going to have communication, you're going to understand what's expected of the deal when it comes. I know this is easy to look at Matt Murray and say he hasn't played, he hasn't performed. Well, he hasn't. Okay, he's also battled COVID in a long way. There's are reasons why the defense hasn't been as strong in front of him. But talk to the guy. He's still your player. He's still your employee. You owe it to them. You owe it to the players. Just talk to them. That's all we ask. We can handle criticism, but we can't handle a lack of communication. Well said. Uh, it doesn't seem like a lot to ask as well. So not a lot to ask from the Sens, but we've had a lot to say in today's show. And that's all the time that we have today for the Daily Faceoff show. Keep it locked on dailyfaceoff.com for all the latest news, insight, analysis, starting goalies, all the information that you might need as you uh, are a fan of the National Hockey League. So We'll be back here tomorrow with another edition of the Daily Faceoff Show, 12 noon Eastern, as we are every day, Monday to Friday. Thanks a lot, Mike. We'll talk to you then. Thanks for watching the Daily Faceoff Show. Make sure you hit subscribe on our YouTube channel to never miss an episode. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more 
and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Face-Off Playoff Parlay Challenge, and let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Face-Off Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.